adrenaline in my soul. WWE signed Cody Rhodes. Yes, Cody Rhodes has returned to WWE. Part of the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania of all time. Really, it was only the third one in existence. WrestleMania 38. Welcome back to Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund, joined by my co-host, J.O. How are you doing, man? I am doing A-OK, Skylar. Ready to talk about some wrestling. Uh, WrestleMania 38 is the topic. We're going to give you our reaction to the two-night spectacle known as WrestleMania 38. But first, I wanted to make sure I give people the shout-outs, the proper shout-outs. J.O. first, thank you for joining me on the uh, WrestleMania 17 and WrestleMania 8 reviews, part of this uh, retro WrestleMania season, as well as the Stranger Rings podcast, Tom and Corey, thank you, and and Kyle from the Apron Bump podcast. Thank you all for joining me for the uh, retro WrestleMania reviews this season. So much fun, J.O. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, man, of course. It's been a pleasure. And uh, you can check all those out in the archives on Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, wherever you get your podcast. And let's get this thing kicked off. WrestleMania 38, two-night show. Caught most of the first night. Uh, just missed one match on the first night. And uh, the second night was able to catch pretty much all the show there. J.O., how much do you get to see of this? Unfortunately, I had some, we'll call it network connectivity issues. So I missed most of night one, but I was able to get it all squared away. And I watched, actually, no, I take that back. I was maybe able to watch less than half of night one, unfortunately, but got most of it squared away from night two. I believe I only missed one match for night two. Well, that's good. That's good. You got it squared away for the second night. Night one. Uh, was kicked off by the Usos taking on Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. They were having an all right match for that one um, before Rick Boogs, uh, what we found out later, tore his patella and his quad both. So, uh, prayers up to Rick Boogs. Man, that just sucks happening. That's just unfortunate, man. Oh, my God. To happen on the biggest night of the year in WWE is so unfortunate. And I remember, you see, even though there, I was a, unable to watch uh, some of the matches, I just kept trying to update WWE's YouTube page. I kept my eyes on Twitter to see what was going on. And I think I saw a video of Rick Boog trying to stand up and perform a spot. And I was thinking, it's like, man, he is really selling this. He was trying Selling to squat. He was trying to squat down with the, both of the Usos on his back, and that's when it happened. I, yep, I think that's what it was. And I thought, I was like, "Oh man, he's he's selling the shit out of that." But then, yeah, later I found, I was like, "Oh no, he he literally he couldn't really, walk." Yeah, because those are that's a serious knee injury right there. Well, well, Triple H did it twice. Speaking and of him, we'll get into him later too. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that's. One less tendon than Seth Rollins uh, tore that one year. Oof. Either way you look at it, it was bad. And I felt bad for him because they were, they were, 
they were having a pretty decent matchup until that point. Then they just kind of had to go to the finish because it was a two-on-one handicap match. Uh, yeah. Following that up was Drew McIntyre and Happy Corp taking on Happy Corbin. I hate this Happy Corbin character. I just don't give two flying craps about it. See, I honestly, it's not even, it's not even close. I like the con, even the const- constable Corbin character is better than this one. Oh, uh, no, um, no, 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 <laughs> no, that was, that made raw the, that made raw unwatchable at that point. That's where we, that's where we disagree. <laughs> Cause I hated that era of raw. I couldn't, it was hard to watch. But we could probably both agree his best persona was the lone wolf. Ah, uh, bum ass Corbin was better. Really? Hmm. He, where he was literally right before he became happy Corbin, he was bum ass Corbin, and that was some of the best character work he's done his whole career. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, but I, he has his best run in the other in a NXT. Yeah. Well, his, his early run in WWE. Well, yeah. on the main roster, yeah, I got gotcha you on that. I didn't really care for this match. The highlight of that was the uh, the uh, uh, Drew McIntyre breaking the ropes with the sword at the end. Yep, I did was able to see that. That looked that looked pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. That that did look cool, but there was like a point in this match I was watching, and I'm like, I, I'm li- I'm listening to the crowd, and Corbin is on offense, and it's rest hold Corbin. And the crowd, you could literally hear crickets. How quiet it was. Yeah, but you could say that about most rest holds, right? No, but you know Corbin's matches. (laughs) (laughs) They're 70% rest holds. Okay, true. Outside of the deep six and the end of days, what about his moose head is exciting? Not a whole lot. Really not a whole lot. Like, for a guy that has as cool a signature and a coolest finisher as he has, he is one of the most boring wrestlers I've ever seen. I didn't say this, and he probably tried to get by on character work on because of that, but like we said, this one's just not doing it for him. Yeah, it's not. But uh, we move on to the next match, which is kind of a sleeper match uh, as part of WrestleMania. The Miz and Logan Paul taking on Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Uh the crowd was pretty into this one. I, I, I remember watching, and I was like, this is actually pretty dang good. But, yeah, I, I just I don't like Logan Paul. That's that's me. He does attract an audience. More power to WWE because they try to get that outside audience, which which I understand. And he did out pretty of the good. Two, yeah, I would say, out of the two uh, Paul brothers, Logan's probably more likable. He's definitely matured from i remember how he used to make his headlines um but yeah uh, from what i saw he did pretty decent and i yeah i agree with what you said uh the kid draws a crowd and i think they were they were pitching him as a as a heel if i'm not saying i mean well, obviously he had major heat during this yeah so he was because he, he did all pretty, he did all the eddie guerrero's moves yeah i saw the three amigos that was like oh that that rubs me the wrong way, but it, it did the job then. If it was making me think that the, uh, when I saw that, yeah, it did. I was just like, "What the?" <laughs> and they hit the frog splash too. 
Yeah, they knew what they were doing when they were doing that. And, and you I know, it like, the one thing I didn't like is they gave they could have accomplished the exact same thing with the Mysterios going over. Because, about, they, had, uh, because they had Miz attack Logan Paul right after the match. So like you could have done that with them losing. True, but if we think about it this way, if it does it, if they do it with Okay, let's maybe you might be right, but let me ask you this: If they did it with Miz losing, does him turning on Logan Paul make it look like he's a sore loser and blaming Logan Paul that they lost, or is it a little different that the fact that they won and then he turned on Logan Paul? Well, you know what? I don't. I don't know. Like, I if if I think it would have been if I think the way they could have done it was Miz take the pinfall, and then Logan's like, "What the." You know, like he's all angry and stuff, and then Miz just waylays him. I could see. Okay, yeah, I could see that too. That's one way, but there's there's many ways you could have done it, and whatever. It's nothing like it's not like anything. It's, it's anything major at all. So I'm not. It was fun. It was a fun tag team match. I'll say that. And uh, Bianca Belair was next with Becky Lynch. Uh, she had the uh, Texas Southern uh, a marching band play her out, which was pretty damn cool for Bianca. Uh, Becky mm-hmm. had the the, the uh, fancy car and her outfit. Uh, this match was a banger. It was good. It was fantastic. And there was, and if you go back on Peacock, just watch the finish. The finish was absolutely fantastic to this match, but the match overall, this was, this was a higher paced match too. And gosh, it was so freaking good. One thing of what you talked about, the entrances, Becky, Becky Lynch's entrance theme is top tier. Yeah. I love that entrance so much. And yeah, you continue. Sorry. Oh, I lost my train of thought. You were talking about Becky. Her oh, I mean, yeah. Uh, no, you can go ahead. My my point was really just going to be um, how, I mean, yeah, it's Becky Lynch and Belair. It's going to be a good match regardless. But no, your point was probably going to be better. I don't know. I, I just was, this was just a really good match. And the two matches, <laughs> the two best matches were by the husband and wife in the, on this pay-per-view. But Bianca Belair got a crowning moment. I still don't agree with the SummerSlam rede- redemption arc, really. 26 second loss. I still don't agree with it, but you didn't think it added to it like the fuel for Bel Air? A good conquering of the conquering of the beast kind of story? I don't know. I just I, I don't know. It was just my feeling, but it was still a hell of a match no matter what. And Bianca got the title back, which was the most important thing. That's all it was. <laughs> That's what that was what was important in that part. But then next, we got the biggest headline probably of the weekend. The biggest headline. The absolute biggest headline of the weekend, which was Seth freaking Rollins. He comes out. He's trying to get everyone, trying to get the guy to come out, whoever the heck this mystery opponent's going to be. And then we hear the wrestling has more than one royal family. And then place goes freaking bonkers. AT&T Stadium loses it, and everyone knows when that downstate song hits Kingdom, that's Cody Rhodes. 
the American nightmare, no rebranding, no anything, nothing different, literally the same presentation. He gets the Cody Vader that brings him up to the ramp and uh, gets all the whole, all the specialness that he had in AEW for this uh, grand debut in uh, WWE, his return. And uh, this match, I think, may be the match of the weekend. And it pained me that I was only able to watch like the first, I saw the entrances for sure. Insane pop for Cody. That was awesome. And it pains me. I was only able to watch the first three, four minutes before my computer just wasn't working and I just gave up and just started trying to keep up on Twitter. But it was such a cool return for him because the finish of the match involved him hitting a bunch of crossroads, hit about two crossroads. And then he did the uh, bionic elbow in honor of his dad, the late, the great Dusty Rhodes. And uh, it was a really cool send-off. Cody finally got really got – Cody never really got a WrestleMania moment. No. When he was in not. WWE during his, what, nine years he was there initially, which is just crazy to think about because he's been gone for six years from uh, WWE, nearly six years. And, uh, and you man, the dude bet on himself, and he came back. And it, do, it didn't surprise me all that much in a way because of all, of all the guys that were that core group and that's founded AEW, he was the most likely to go. He was the most WWE guy, which because he was in WWE prior. Right. No, I definitely agree with you. If anyone had to jump, if anyone was ever going to jump ship, it would, it would have been Cody, despite what he initially started out saying and continued to say during the time he was gone, but it, it had to have been Cody if anyone would have left. Yeah. And, and it was a hats off. Cody got his moment. He had a great match with Seth Rollins there, but this brings up an interesting point because people are more upset about Cody contradicting himself. Cause he's made a lot of contradictory statements here recently, like in the last year or so, because, okay. His tweet, which I loved wrestling is a love story. Um, he tweeted that back yesterday around 6.15 a.m. after uh, his WrestleMania moment. Um, the Bucks, Bucks are typically trolls. They, they like mm-hmm. to troll people on the, they love to troll people, but they, the Bucks put this on their profile because they change their profile all the time. They, do, they did this in retaliation. The story of a, a couple of self-made SoCal kids who came from nothing and built a gigantic movement was never going to be romantic enough for you. Woof. Yeah. Woof. So you think the just bad blood across the board? Uh, there's, more, one- there's more to this. There is more to this because um, so he did an interview of interview. As soon as he came out, I think that night on Saturday night for WrestleMania, he there's an article that dropped on variety.com. And it's talk, he talks about a multitude of things of why he came back, which he referenced in his promo tonight on WWE Raw, on Monday Night Raw, which, which is his dad holding the title, and he never really held the title because he technically only won the match by countdown against superstar Billy Graham back in 1977. Um, it was a WWF title at that time, but that was his goal to hold the title and to give it to his dad at one point. But now he, can, he wants to just – he wants to hold the title – uh, WWE title. Now it's the WWE 
undisputed what universal championship i think whatever it is but back to what it was back to what we were talking about it's kind of the details regarding his uh departure he says this in the the variety.com article um but uh he said it was a personal matter and we couldn't move past it i have nothing but respect for matt jackson nick jackson and kenny omega quote and end quote uh yeah, quote, it was a personal matter. We couldn't move past it, and I have nothing but respect for Matt, Nick, and Kenny. I'm rooting for Tony, Tony Khan, so on and so forth. Uh, he says at one point, it was just time to move on. I get an opportunity at my dream. I get another chance at it, and you can't really leave any stone unturned with that. And he said in an interview on AEW Restricted at one point that he wanted to be AEW EVP till the day he retired. And then he said afterward, once he signed with WWE, he didn't want to have any management position ever in wrestling again. Funny how things can change, yeah? Yeah, it's it's certainly something there. I mean, it's the, it's the question of... Do you... In Cody's case, it's I think it's a, a situation of... You know, sometimes you have to swallow your pride, you know, to provide. You know, he has a has, has to provide for himself, his family, and that goes that meant going back to WWE. Just even though uh, considering everything he said about it in the past. And there was another contradictory statement of him, his favorite wrestler, it was Sting growing up, and he wanted to wrestle Sting at some point, but now his favorite wrestler it was Triple H. And so it's like, what are you saying? <laughs> Which brings me up to this point. And I'm not trying to be a Cody hater at all. I love Cody Rhodes. I'm wearing a freaking Cody Rhodes t-shirt right now. Absolutely love Cody. But he hasn't endeared himself very well recently. Because uh, there was a quote by uh, from, a, uh, from Fightful that uh, Brian Danielson said, he said, quote, I have a great relationship with Cody. Cody and I have been friends for a very long, for a long time. We ride, to, we'd ride together in WWE and that kind of stuff. I don't know if you guys know this. This is probably something that the boys know, but I'm a big time liar. I love to lie. My love of lying. I wasn't very good. A very, I wasn't a very good liar until I rode with Cody. Cody taught me how fun lying is. Just making up, saying something straight to somebody's face. The most absurd lie. Some of that I really enjoy, Cody. Man, everyone's feeling some type of way about it. Yeah, that was back before he even left, I'm pretty sure. I say there's a few he probably told personally. Uh, at least I would I would think so. And he's so just probably be working everybody. Hmm. But there was something else he said, too. But, uh, like, not that, not part of that, but he literally, tonight on Raw, he said, he literally started the pro- his promo the same way he said his, started his last promo in AEW. So, what do you want to talk about? That's how he started his promo tonight. <laughs> so, with that being said, what do you think Cody's ceiling is in WWE, J.O.? I'm thinking 
one of the things that they had to have offered up to him for him to come back was a title. Reigns has gone through all the big names in the roster now. So who's left? Now there's a new person on top. I mean, I guess you could still say on top of the wrestling, uh, on top of the wrestling world, a fresh face, more importantly, not something we've seen yet. I think hopefully in the near future, I'd like to see it happen because hopefully the Brock feeds over like that's done. So I'd like to see something new with Cody. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some kind of story arc. And I'll say this with, with uh, Cody here. Um, he fits the WWE mold better than he does in AEW. He's just been, he's, he was there too long. WWE. It's just the way his style of his, his kind of, Mindset, I think, on professional wrestling is very, like, WWE-esque. Because if you notice down the, the latter part of his AEW run, his storylines were kind of head-scratching. Like, he, his, ma- he, like his major storylines were with Anthony, Anthony Agogo and QT Marshall. Say questionable storylines pretty much sums up a lot of WWE. And he said he he also said that he wanted to wrestle. He said he wrestled everybody he wanted to wrestle in AEW, which I don't think that's really accurate either. Who do you think he missed out on? Well, he missed out on Punk. He missed out on Hangman. He missed out on a lot. This this all stems back from the stipulation he put on himself of. Uh, not fighting for the AEW title after he lost at full gear 2019. Right. But I think Cody's going to be the one to uh, unseat Roman at some point. It's got to be either, either him or drew it's McIntyre. That's, that's the only two I can think of at this point. It's going to take a while for Cody to get built up, but it should be interesting. And I'm happy for Cody. I'm happy for Cody. He got, he's going to oh, get yeah. a second, second chance at lot, second chance at this. It's just uh, he just hasn't endeared himself recently to a lot of fans. Even though the fan and he a new a fresh start for him probably helped. He just I don't I just don't understand why he didn't turn heel in AEW because the fans were clamoring for that. He just refused to do it, but he got a change of scenery, and uh, he said he, I think he said he just it was just time for him to head back. Right, and I agree. Like no ill will towards Cody. Eager to see what is in the future for him and the company. Yeah, it, it'll be. I think he's going to have a good run here. I, I really hope so. I really hope. hope yes, absolutely. It's it's a hope. It's not a nothing's a sure thing in WWE. You know that nothing's a sure thing. You can just hope and pray they actually do what they're what they should do. They seem to be doing pretty good, especially with this WrestleMania. They seemed like they were they decided to, okay, we're gonna make this as good as WrestleMania as we possibly can. And certainly night one was for sure. Uh Charlotte Flair defeated Ronda Rousey by pinfall. I didn't see this match really. I just saw the end where Charlotte cheated. There was a ref bump as she speared the ref. And uh Charlotte was tapping to the arm bar. And then Charlotte booted Ronda in the face and won by, won by nefarious means. 
And that was uh, Ronda's first pinfall loss, uh, second pinfall loss, actually, in uh, WWE. Is uh, Ronda going to be sticking around? I don't know. I don't know. But I forgot to mention earlier in the Drew match, happy Corbin. Corbin hit end of days on him, and no one's kicked out of end of days ever. I forgot to mention that earlier. That's right. It was protected like that. Yeah. But this Charlotte Ronda Rousey match, I've seen it's not gotten all the very much positive reaction on the internet. It was okay, but it went like almost no, almost went twenty minutes. On, and that's a little long for a match like that. It was pretty long, and I don't know that. It seemed like internet didn't really like it a ton, if I if I remember correctly. But what did the internet like? was this next thing. It was the final segment of the night, of night one, Stone Cold Steve Austin and KO, a part of the KO show. And uh, what turned out to be was a no-holds-barred match. But, man, that freaking pop when that glass breaks. Holy freaking shit. I mean, even if it wasn't in Texas – Stone Cold's that glass shattering, it's synonymous with the crowd losing their mind. He turns into it's like the that pop never gets old. Never. Never ever gets old. So but, uh, what what do you th- what do you think their their game plan was of not billing it as a match, just being a uh, a, a KO segment, but then announcing it would be. What do you think their game plan on that was? Because if they were playing and having it, I think I think it was better to done as a surprise than an actual match, hyping a match. Because it, it just left the the question out there of, oh, is Stone Cold going to actually wrestle? That's one I of the time, That's one of the few times WWE did the right thing with actually not like, like, oh, it's going to say there's going to be a match and hyping it up so much it was better to the crowd the reaction to the crowd was pretty insane once it they announced that they were going to have a no holds barred match i i think it was better held off until then they teased it during those uh those uh vignettes those little uh video packages uh the video that steve austin did and stuff so and they end up having a pretty fun match out there fighting all over the uh, stadium stone cold hits stunner on uh ko uh to win and uh ko gets then steve's got the beer beer bath and stuns owens again he also stuns byron saxton everybody gets a stunner that wasn't the end of the stunners for uh wrestlemania weekend but uh Overall thoughts on night one. I thought it was a fantastic freaking night. Blew me away. Expectations. I wasn't expecting. I, I remember we we talked about this in our kind of preview for WrestleMania weekend. I did not think night one was going to deliver. I thought it was going to be lackluster. And actually, it was the total opposite of what I thought it was going to be. Blew my expectations out of the water. Say the highlights that I was able to catch, the ma- a few of the matches that I was able to see definitely delivered. And but uh, I was going to say I'll kind of disagree with you. I kind of 
I don't know, maybe it's because I wasn't able to watch most of night one, but I kind of feel like night two was just a little better. Well, you night two, man. Oh, that's your, uh, I don't know. I, we got to disagree on that one. (laughs) We have to disagree on that one because I didn't think, I thought night two was worse than night one by a, by a lot. It'd be, and it had to do with, it was a, couple of factors because we're going to have a disagreement on one of these matches on Mike night two coming up because I, I just know that's going to happen because we were, we chatted a little bit about it last night. So let's look at night two. Uh, we started with RK bro versus the street profits taking on alpha Academy RK bro, defending the raw tag team championships that match. I know you missed it, JO, but this was a ton of freaking fun. It was a great opener. Chad Gable is killing it in his new role here. Right. Checking, uh, you know, updating myself on, you know, social media, trying to see on YouTube. Sounds like everyone's loving Chad Gable now. That dude finally got something he can sink his teeth in. And now he's getting over finally. Which I always knew he was good. I, we, we all, we, 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 we've talked about it before. He's always been good. Oh yeah, good uh, wrestler for sure. It's just he needed to find that that niche, that that gimmick. Gimmick, yeah. I guess it'd be yeah, just the perfect gimmick for him. He's a dork. Says shoosh. That's his thing. Says the shoosh, and for the academy and all that stuff. But these guys had a great match. Uh, Randy Orton. So uh, Riddle RKO'd. I think Montez off the top rope. And then Chad yep, Gable saw that. Then Chad Gable got RKO'd after he dove off the top rope. And that gave uh, RK Bro the win. And then there was an interaction afterward. They were trying to share a drink, uh, the Street Profits and uh, RK Bro. And then uh, Chad Gable interrupted it. Actually, they interrupt. They actually introduced uh, Gable Steveson into the ring. Uh, the new WWE signee, not really the new WWE signee, but the... Uh, the guy that the most they build as the most dominant wrestler and uh, heavyweight wrestler in NCAA history, two-time national champion, Olympic gold medalist. Uh, so they introduced him there, and uh, he got an interaction with Chad Gable. was kind of cool because Chad Gable is a pretty damn good amateur wrestler himself. I think he was part of the like Olympic qualifying team or something along those lines. He was pretty damn good amateur wrestler himself. How do you think he'll do uh, in the in the WWE? They're gonna make him as big a star as possible. Is he gonna? Are they gonna try to re recreate a Kurt Angle kind of guy? I think, but it'll be in his own way. But uh, I forgot to mention something. How they they opened this rest this night of WrestleMania. Triple H come out and uh, put his boots in the ring, kind of just welcome everybody to WrestleMania. End of an era. Yep, Triple H announced on uh, a Stephen A's show that he was done in the ring. He had that heart condition that was incredibly scary, but uh, which nothing but the best for Triple H, but he welcomed us to WrestleMania. And then after that, we got Bobby, Bobby, we got Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley versus Omos, and uh, Lashley beat Omos clean. Lashley looked like a beast. I was just surprised Omos got the win there. But uh, 
not Omas, but Lashley got the win because I thought they were going to build up the new talent, the big giant. But they had Lashley beat Omas by pinfall there. It wasn't a great match. It was fun. Lashley looked like a beast. The dude literally doesn't age at all. I'll say he looks the same from when I play, uh, used to play as him as a East, uh, SmackDown versus Raw 2008, I think. Yeah, that's like I said. I said Lashley looks the same as he does in 2007. I tweeted that last night. <laughs> And what we got next is quite possibly the most fun match of the evening, of the weekend. The most fun, I'd say. Just laugh out loud fun. Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn in an anything goes match. And they pulled out all the tricks in this match. And I honestly, you got for this, I know a traditionalist's mind, which I, I'm more, I usually tend to be kind of a, a traditionalist when it comes to wrestling. But I decided here that I just need to kind of shut my mind off and just have a lot of fun with this. And boy, did I have a ton of fun with this. It was so, so much fun. And we talked about it in the last episode, too. Like, we thought this match was going to be awful. But what I saw was WWE played to the strengths of who was in the match. So... What's Johnny Knoxville and all those guys from Jackass famous for? These crazy stunts, these crazy props. They're not wrestlers. So instead of having them try to wrestle, they let them be them. And it just so happened to be at a WrestleMania pay-per-view. And I thought it was hilarious. And Sami Zayn played his role so damn well. That dude deserves so much credit. Yeah, and we even talked about it. We knew Sami Zayn was going to carry the match um from the get-go and he still he still did you know he bumped bumped his ass off off. (laughs) and say i i enjoyed the props i thought it was funny it was it was cool seeing everyone else get uh get involved because you know it kind of made sense for them too it was it was just knoxville was going to realistically beat zane exactly and the the pinfall i feel made sense in a way that it wasn't just, oh my gosh, another celebrity uh, comes out of nowhere and beats this world-class athlete, world-class wrestler. No, it made sense where, yeah, he still lost, but there were still via shenanigans, even though it was a, what did they build it as? A no, no DQ, no holds Anything barred. goes, yeah. Anything goes, one, one, of, one of those. It made the, the, the finish made sense to me. Yeah, they trapped Zane and he couldn't, he couldn't kick out. Yeah, that's a protected Zane. Like, oh, he he just got beat by someone from TV. No, it made sense, and I was okay with it. I loved it. Zane got thrown. There's so here's some of the spots in the match. Zane got thrown through a mousetrap, not ma- ma- a table full of mousetraps. He got hit with a big giant hand right in the face. That one looked that looked like it hurt. Oh yeah, that's classic jackass. That hand. Um, they had, they had party boy out there at one point with his cheeks and Pat McAfee was absolutely losing it. Um, they had Wee man come out and freaking scoop slam Sammy. Uh, oh yeah. And you, 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 you mentioned McAfee, but I couldn't help but notice it sounded like Michael Cole was having a blast too. Oh, he had blast more than one time this evening. We'll get into that a little (laughs) bit, but. Wee Man Scoop Slamming. Somebody remixed it and put the Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan audio behind it. 
Oh, that sounds amazing. I'm going to have to try to find that. It was, they, it was all over Twitter and stuff. They, they, I think they put the video side by side, even at one point. I'm like, my God, <laughs> but Sammy Zane deserves all the credit in the world. Johnny Knoxville held his hand, held his uh, end of the bargain there as well. And probably what was the most, probably was one of the most fun matches of the weekend. Probably the most fun match of the uh, WrestleMania, the two night WrestleMania. Um, so hats off to both of them. Sami Zayn just kills it as always. And uh, following that, we had the uh, Women's Tag Team Championship match. Uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi against Queen Zelina and Carmella. Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Natalia and Shayna Baszler in a fatal four-way match. And uh, Banks and Naomi were able to uh, get the win. And uh, they are the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Just nice to see Sasha get her WrestleMania win finally because she was 0-6 coming in. Oof. Not the not the WrestleMania streak you want to go for. No, you do not. But uh, she got the win. And maybe this is a turning point for the Women's Tag Team Championships because they've felt unimportant ever since they were introduced practically. You see, I would agree. And this this match felt big time. Like it, There was a big time feel to this match, in my opinion. I think the crowd wasn't as into this, if I remember right. And that the uh, anything goes match, people are still coming off the high of that. This was supposed to serve as a cool down, but the crowd popped pretty big when Naomi and Sasha won the tag titles. So that was definitely helpful. And uh, up next, the most divisive, one of the most divisive matches of the night, I, I think for sure. Edge and AJ Styles. You and I are going to differ quite greatly on our opinions of this match. I liked it. I did not like it. (laughs) Because all this reminded me of, it was Shinsuke and AJ Styles from WrestleMania 34. Because it seemed like after like two minutes, two or three minutes, they were already like, moving super slow and like selling like they've just went through a ton of offense already. I, I didn't like it. I'll have to give it a rewatch. I haven't rewatched it yet. I'll have to give her, give it a rewatch to give my, give a second opinion of it, but to get a second opinion of it to solidify it at least, but I did not like this style of match. Cause I know these guys can go, but we didn't get that kind of match here. It's it, it's it's better than the Shinsuke AJ. I'll say that. You said it was slightly. I think it's a little more than slightly. I won't say definitely. But they never got out of second gear. And then you you were telling me because we were, when we were uh, talking during the match, you AJ's shoulder injury was legit. Was it I, the one I, that that. There was multiple injuries throughout this weekend where I'm like, I couldn't tell if they were selling or not. But I don't know. AJ may have gotten hurt during this match. He definitely hit, he hit, his, he hit his face on the entrance, entrance uh, big WrestleMania sign before he came out. That's why he was cut up. See, I heard there were, there were two rumors that were going on. There were one, I, I, I heard that he hit his head on the, the Mania sign. 
And the other one was the pyro misfired on it his was, entrance. I think it was more, it was the first thing because they, there was a, I think there was a picture showing he did hit his face on that thing. Yeah. But the match, it was, it was very old school and that, and I'll say that because they did focus on a body part. I, it was a technical match. I usually like technical matches, but for some reason I was expecting more from this. The only thing that I didn't necessarily like was the ending. Because I, I, I can never get into it when these veteran wrestlers who've been at the top before know what it takes to win and then get distracted to lose. I just I can never get into that kind of thing. I, I just didn't like the match personally. I thought it, it, it underwhelmed me. Because I was expecting this to be match of the weekend, and it wasn't. Okay, I'll concede that. I was expecting it to be a lot better than it was. Or, yeah, but it was still okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't, it didn't fall to the level of disappointment that Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles did for me. Yeah, I don't know. It, I'd have to watch both matches back to get, like, which one was better, but AJ's AJ's had some really good WrestleMania matches and he has, he's had some okay WrestleMania matches. Like I, he's kind of like, I, I expect him to deliver every single time, but this one was, I, this one was in my opinion, not one of them he delivered on, but it's that's here nor there. Up next was uh, a match that got cut from the first night due to time. Uh, Sheamus and Ridge Holland, taking on the New Day, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, who were both wearing uh, singlets to commemorate, uh, not commemorate, to, uh, it was a shout-out to Big E, who's at home uh, recovering from his uh, neck injury. He suffered just a few weeks ago. Uh, prayers up to Big E. Hoping for a speedy recovery, man. And so it wasn't just the singlets, too, right? They wore his jacket, I believe? I think they may have, yeah. But uh, that was the only positive thing I took away from this match. Because it went a minute 40 seconds. Why did this need to be on WrestleMania? And so you t- we talked about, I mean, so yeah, it, it, it makes sense why it had to be, I didn't think it had to be that short, but it makes sense they had to cut time because if it wasn't originally going to be on night two, the, they had to make sure the matches that were planned had enough time. But yeah, it didn't have to be that short in a squash. I don't, yeah, they just, the New Day, one of the most popular tag teams in WWE history, gets squashed in a minute 40. I mean, I don't know, maybe Vince still wanted them to get them their WrestleMania bonus, which, if you look at it that way, is still kind of nice. Yeah, but then look, you got to look at the other aspect. What could this, what else could have been on the show besides this? Oh, wait, we had an intercontinental champion in Ricochet that didn't have anything to do. And then we had a guy in Finn Balor who was the U.S. champion. He didn't have anything to do. Both were left off the show. That is true. (sighs) Yeah, but with the uh, time that they would have had would they have been able to do those matches justice though 
um, okay, at least the least they could have done is put it on the pre-show. The the Usos match. I mean, not the not the Usos. The uh, tag match. Yeah, put that on the pre-show. Okay. They had a two. They, yeah. had, a, they had two two-hour pre-shows both nights and did nothing with them. They had no matches on either of them. Okay, I'll give you that. That one's that makes the most sense. That definitely makes the most sense. They could have done something with Finn and Finn and Ricochet to get them on the show. Say, I would have loved to have seen Finn Balor at WrestleMania. When was the last time we saw him at WrestleMania? Yeah, I was just trying to think. Thirty-five, I think. I don't even know. Did he, oh he run? Did he wrestle as the the demon like a couple of years ago? Is that 35 or I, I can't even remember now. Say what, what would have been the match if it was 35? Him I and can't. Lashley. I don't think he was the demon. Yeah, he was that time. I'm pretty was sure. Was that 35? Yep. That was like three years ago. Yep. What, I mean, was, what was the story going in? It's the IC title. Mm. Trying to find it. Yep. It was a demon defeating Bobby Lashley for the IC title at that point. So I don't know. I just think that was a complete waste of, of a match on a pay-per-view. Uh, what wasn't a waste and well, what they could have given him more time for afterward so this match, this match could have used a little more time if they didn't do so much in this next match. But I love the match. Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory with Vince McMahon ringside. Pat McAfee has a great showing here. Still didn't match up to his Adam Cole match. That is the gold standard of Pat McAfee matches. It will always be. But uh, still, it was a pretty fun match. Pat got to do his leap up to the top rope, his backflip off the top rope, and... Uh, Got the win, um, defeating Austin Theory. He gave Pat McAfee a really good rep, uh, presentation of him with the uh, White Stripe song, the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, him punting the ball out there. Vince McPan just looking like a this uh, unapproving dad to uh, Austin Theory. All that that was pretty good. I liked it. It was a it was a really fun match. Uh, like I told you before, I think he has a very nice looking uh, swanton. Mm-hmm. I agree. Very, very nice. Um, I don't know if you wanted to talk a little bit more before I brought this up, but I think the ending of the match is when, not the ending of the match, but what happened at, after the match drug on a little too long. Uh, that's what I was about to get into because that was completely unnecessary say if you're if if you're just gonna tease it that's pretty fun like i was enjoying it like oh is is vince gonna get in the ring like what's about to happen but then first of all he took way too long to tease it like to is gonna take the jacket off no he's not gonna take the jacket off oh he takes the jacket off and then this goes on for almost this this whole this match and segment goes on for about 20 minutes which they could this could have been short up in 15 and this Mr. McMahon, Pat McAfee match never needed to happen. It did not need to happen. I mean, shoot, yeah, like you said, we uh, take out take out the New Day match, 
take out this segment, you could probably put an okay match in there somewhere. I, I didn't think that they needed to bring Austin out again. I get it. It's Mr. McMahon. This is a nostalgic feel to everything because Mr. McMahon, Steve Austin was the biggest money-making rivalry in WWE history. But did they really need to bring Austin out again and do another beer bash? The moments they created on it were cool, but did it really need to happen again? No, it probably didn't. And especially in hindsight now, seeing two of the worst cells of the stunner i've ever seen in my life mick foley was dying at it <laughs> i saw that pat had the best sell out of everybody oh my god with the the spray because mm-hmm. that reminded me of what was it uh uh shane O'Mac who did something like that yeah they spit the spit the beer rock did the same kind of thing too yeah i said you but you know i joke but you can't be too hard on uh vince like, like Austin, I, Austin I theories was ridiculous. It was, it, it was like, I don't know. It was like you, the rocks was it's comical, but this theory one was just like stupid. People liked it. I hated it. Oh, I, I thought it was ridiculous. I'm not even the biggest. I'm not the, and it's, it's not a secret. I don't really like Austin theory. I'm not really a fan of him. I don't really buy him as the next big thing as Vince McMahon is saying. I don't know. That's just me. But one thing I have to give credit for is Michael Cole did some of his best commentary for this match. He was the one. He was the one who was telling everyone to shush, right? Because Vince was right there. Uh, I don't know. I was, I didn't pay attention to that. I was just listening. His commentary was very passionate and very good. Michael Cole's was the whole time during this Pat McAfee match, the first one. I'm trying to remember. But he had some fiery commentary. He was being like, so so let me give you a comparison here. So JR with Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was Mac, That was Cole for McAfee uh, theory. Wow, that paints a very vivid picture. He was he was very fiery for it. I really liked it. But like I said, this could have been short up about five or six minutes. They could have done the Theory McAfee match, and that could have been it. But they had to do the, the go back to the Attitude Era one more time. And yeah, Vince had the worst sell in history on, on a stunner. He's always been notoriously bad for it, but this was oof, rough. Yeah. And I, I just didn't care for it. I, I'm like, I didn't need this. This show's already long as it is. I just want it to be over with. I say, they, if it some, was fine. Some people love it. I did. I just, it wasn't for me. Just too long. It was just too long. Like they got in, in the mat. Mr. McMahon did not, at 75 years old, didn't need to be in a match. Whatever no. that was. I don't even know what that was. What we got next was the main event. The biggest main event in WrestleMania history, as they were claiming it to be. A winner-takes-all match for the WWE Championship and the WWE Universal Championship. 
We had Roman Reigns defend Roman Reigns with his Universal Championship with Paul Heyman in tow against Brock Lesnar with his WWE Championship. And it was kind of cool that Brock did his own intro, ring intro, for that match. That was one cool thing. But the match, while I liked it, it didn't really live up to the hype. I I would agree. It did not. It and I I argued. Last time, I was like, even though this is the 80,000th time we've seen Brock versus uh, Roman, I said, oh, but the the dynamic will be different. But even with that, it didn't change the kind of match it was. No, that, and that's the big thing on the internet with this match. People are hating on it because it's literally a copy and paste of all their previous matches out after the uh, WrestleMania 31 Classic they actually had that Seth Rollins came in and cashed in late on. Yeah, and that's something I, I didn't think when I argued that. Like, oh, different dynamic. Roman's a heel now, and Brock's a, a face. Like, But that doesn't change how they wrestle each other. I didn't think about that when I argued it. But then as the match was going on, I started realizing, like, oh, wait a minute. This is going to be the same thing like we've seen before. It's like I've seen this before, have, has, haven't I? Yeah, a it, few it was, times. It was, it, was, it was pretty much them hitting big moves and – some breath bump, whatever. Roman Brock kicks out of multiple spears. And then by the end of it, Roman's actually legitimately, I think, hurt himself. He's hurt because on, I think it was on that Kimura, possibly. You're, I don't know. It could, from how close we got to that audio, I thought I was like, okay, they're going to, they're, sh- they're letting us hear this, they're showing us this something's going to happen to it. So I thought it was a work, but Brock grabbed his neck afterward to check on him. If you watch the map post-match, he grabbed his neck while they were both laying on the ground to check on him. Mm. See, I, I guess I didn't, I'm not good at noticing those small stuff like that, but somebody pointed it out. I mean, coming out of that spot, he looked all right, at least to my eyes. I didn't see anything note super noticeable. But there was some picture on on Twitter that was like looked like cook was like shoulder or something was all jacked up looking. But because he did something like pop it back in, maybe, or some along those lines. But it, it, the finish just kind of came out of nowhere. And that yeah, may have been I, that may have been a part of, that may have had to do with it. Cause I think it they still had a lot of time they could have they they had probably what 15 minutes or so still more before they could have, they could have went because they had a, it was not, not even close. It was like 1147 when the match ended. I was going to say, I, I audibly, I was watching this by myself and I, even I audibly said by myself, wait, that's it. Cause yeah, it felt so short. The ending was just so abrupt. Like, yeah, it was like Brock went for an F5, boom, spear, game over. It's like, what happened? There was, like, no suspense to that at the end. It just, like, Brock just lost. Yeah, and Brock's been through way worse than that against trains. Yeah, three. He got speared three times during that match. And that's the issue with these matches anymore. WWE, ever since that Goldberg-Brock match, which I enjoyed at WrestleMania 33, I loved it. It's one of the best short matches I've seen. Like it was most fun. Ever, but ever since then, WWE loves the finisher spamming in these main events. 
I say there's maybe one or two finishers that are actually finishers now, like that are protected. But even I guess maybe even with the spear specifically, that I feel that falls victim to it. Or maybe it's just because it's Brock. He kicks out of everything and makes it seem that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I, I just didn't. It didn't vibe with me, and the fans, like, I, I looked at the ratings on cagematch.net today, uh, this afternoon, and it was at a 4.64. Brock Roman. Hmm. That's how much fans didn't like it. I mean, it just wasn't that good of a match of what they tried billing it as. Like, I didn't think it was as big of a travesty as WrestleMania 34, because that was just ugh, bad. Oh, yeah. This wasn't as bad as that. But WrestleMania, but the, like, the, I think the greatest Royal Rumble match they had, the cage match, that was pretty bad in itself. And, yeah, they have not been able to, like, recapture the magic that they had at WrestleMania, what, 31. Seven years ago, they still have never been able to recapture that. No, that's just the disappointing end to what was a pretty good WrestleMania, pretty darn good WrestleMania. And let's 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 take a look at. Let me let me ask you a question, Jo. So, this WrestleMania surpassed expectations by all means, but is that due? to such low expectations coming in? I would say yes, because... That's a major issue. (laughs) I mean, hey, who knows? Maybe that's uh, WWE's plan this entire time. Set the bar low so that they they exceed expectations to the fans. But even the... But that is an issue that if the fans believe so low that WWE is going to deliver that that's not a good thing you want from your fans. You don't want your fans to think, Oh, this is going to be awful. Like you don't want them to be surprised that it's good. You want them to be happy that it's good. I mean, exceeding expectations is a good thing, but not if the bar is just so low. I agree with that. Cause what, what, so why would, why do fans, why would fans want to tune into TV? For lackluster builds to match that, like surpass expectations. Why can't the build and the match be good? Right. Let's just just let it all be good. Like they're capable of it. I still believe that. It's just they they don't nine times out of ten. Yeah, and there's some matches like Knoxville Zane was one of those ones that did deliver on the build. That was certainly one. KO Stone Cold delivered on the build. Cody and Seth delivered on the build. Edge versus Styles. That's very debatable. But, like, there's, like, most of these matches delivered based off their build, but Flair Rousey, which was not built well, did not deliver. That's one. And then Reigns, Lesnar, not so much. Even though I think that was billed pretty well. That was the one of the ones that was probably better built, but they did not 
Bianca Becky was built pretty well, but Drew and Corbin was not really because they but that storyline been going on for since last year. I was gonna say that specific feud I really couldn't care too much for. I say especially since it yeah you said it was going on for so long, but it just didn't seem like a feud that would interest me. And I I guess it, if I could ask like how do you feel coming off of a feud like that? Drew can threaten Reigns for the title? I not right now, but but I think. Did you hear like the crowd reaction he was getting? Drew was when he was on offense. He was, it was big. He was getting big reactions from the crowd when he was on the offensive. And so I think they can get them right. They can get him back to that place where he could possibly do it. But the thing, all all this rain stuff depends on. Okay, is he going to be facing the Rock next year? Ooh, and does I, the title need to be there? I don't think it does. No, for Reigns versus Rocket, it does not. And if WWE was smart and they wanted to do two, maybe even, I, I don't know, maybe even three headlining matches. No, I mean, it's a two-nighter. It'll only be two. Okay, I'll say it this way. If they wanted to have two, maybe three big draw matches, not necessarily headliners, yeah, have Rock Reigns one night. And then the championship the other night. It only makes sense. And that would be the biggest match WWE's put on since Rock and Cena, 2012. WrestleMania 28. That'd be, that'd be the biggest built, uh, the most, that'd be just, I just think that would be the best, uh, that'd be the, be the most hyped match in quite a long time. Especially with the family ties and everything and, Rock's Hollywood background and all that. And Roman's elevated status now to the top guy in WWE, like Cena was back then. Man, I would love to see the Rock just tear it into Reigns on the mic. I'll be the, the verbal back and forth would be worth the build. Like Cena and Rock in 2012, it was the same thing. Same thing, yeah. So... That'll be interesting to see how they follow this up. Who's going to be the next guy to take on Roman Reigns as Roman Reigns did defeat Brock Lesnar. And he has unified the WWE Championship and the WWE Universal Championship. So to close this out, J.O., in, so in the tiers of WrestleMania, like where would you place this? Like of all WrestleManias, where would you place this? Top 15, top 10, top 5, where would you place it? I probably it was good. I'd say probably a top fifteen, close to a top ten. I'd say maybe a twelve. I'm saying about top ten. I gave it a top ten, especially with night one and factored in there, because that was like if it was just that mat. If that was just the WrestleMania, that would have been like one of the all time greats. Night one would have been. Yeah. yeah, I could see that. And first of all, I just I just want to say, I'll, and I'll always say it every time we talk about it, but a two-night WrestleMania is just amazing. I love it. It's, it's a lot digestible. better than night one. It's a lot better yeah. than one night anymore. I'll take it, but I wish they would sh- – actually, honestly, 
like I like the two night format. I wish they would just shore it up and put it all on one night, but make it just a four hour WrestleMania. Just see the the thing I I see why manias it's, used to be so long was yeah of course the money but yeah this is going to be the biggest show of the year for WWE and they wanted to feel that way and that's mo- it, it's all money it's all money yeah I and, I prefer I prefer the one night format but I get it I'll say having it two nights as opposed to having it one eight nine hour show it's it still feels the biggest show of the year. Honestly, to me, it kind of feels like it's bigger. The fact that it's taking up two nights instead of just one. Yeah. Which I get, I get. And, uh, the only reason why I don't put it higher on my list, probably of top WrestleManias is night two, drag it, drug it down for me. And that was it. That was the only reason why. Night two, drug it down slightly for me. Night one, because I thought night one was so great. Night two just failed to live up. And that was because maybe due in part to the way W. So WWE was more like somebody made this good point that uh, night one was for the professional wrestling fans and night two was more for the casual viewer. Hmm. I, that's, that's really, yeah, that's really good. That's a really good way of putting that. So that's maybe why I didn't like night two very much. <laughs> Mm. Hey, hey, maybe that's the reason I do. Because, like I said, you're, I know my stuff about wrestling, but you know, I'm not the historian. You are. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not ashamed to say I could be, I could be called a casual. And that's the funny so. thing is, I didn't even like the traditional match of the night. <laughs> the traditional <laughs> match of the night. I hated it. <laughs> but were you saying sorry, Jay? I, I interrupted you. No, I mean, I was really just saying that. Like, yeah, compared compared to the two kinds of fans we are like we both like the two different nights so hey maybe maybe they did maybe it did its job maybe that was their plan but uh yeah but that I, was their plan i think it may have been their plan and uh it certainly worked for them so it's probably going to get they probably made a crap ton of money for this uh wrestlemania weekend uh wrestlemania 38 i give it a thumbs up i'm giving it a thumbs up Say it was good. Um, and real quick, we, I uh, forgot to mention it too. I loved Taker's little send off during mm-hmm. Mania. I mean, it's WrestleMania. You have to at least hear Taker's theme once. And it was in Texas too, which actually that's pretty. Yeah. That's a big deal for Undertaker. So, yeah, I wish him. And well, he said never say never, and his yes, whole same induction. Did. And I'm like, please, no, not again. No, just stay away. It's like Taker. Well, you you can say never. Like we'll let you say never. You deserve to say never. You just say never. You don't need to give anything else. You don't need to, man. You did. You've done everything. You've done enough for all of us. And uh, but hats off to Undertaker on a fantastic career. And uh, it was a great WrestleMania weekend. Enjoyed it quite a bit. And uh, hope you all and you got some kind of enjoyment out of WrestleMania 38 because I certainly did. And Jo. You certainly did as well, man. I did. And so when we return on the podcast next time, we're going to be, so for a little while, we're going to be kind of just diving into the latest and greatest and uh, the news in professional wrestling. What's going on? What's going down? What are the rumors? What's 
the rumor and innuendo, as Conrad Thompson would like to say, in the world of professional wrestling. We'll be discussing all that, giving our takes on that moving forward. But uh, you can follow the show on uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, wherever you get your podcasts. Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. And uh, you can follow Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show on Twitter and Facebook and TikTok at Sig Daddy Wrestle and on Instagram at SigDaddy.WrestleJO. Where can everyone find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and the Twitterverse at Jeremy Ordas, all lowercase. All right. Sounds good, man. Thank you again for coming on, J.O. Always appreciate you uh, being my co-host. Makes these things a lot more fun, man. Of course, of course. It's always fun on my end and always a pleasure. All right. So until next time, that's J.O. I'm Skylar Sig Daddy Sigmund signing off, saying thank you for listening. And so long, everybody.